When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys on this Monday. Um, what are we? I, I, I think, yeah, it's the 29th. It's Memorial Day. Uh, so just, you know, want to take a second just to say thank you um, to all those who sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice uh, for, for others, which is incredible. And so, you know, it, just one more reason to hug your loved ones and make sure you reach out and say hi and thank you and you know just to the family members and people that serve and all those things i understand what memorial day is and what it isn't but it puts things into perspective um and i think that's really important but i'm so glad to be with you you guys today i'm pumped about today's show you know we got a mailbag nostalgia episode which you know during the off season it's a lot of fun because i try to add some of the questions comments and people reach out to me whether on patreon or wherever and i try to add some of that into the show a lot well, in the offseason, it's fun because I get to kind of go back and perhaps some of the ones we didn't have time for or I just couldn't get to, we get to go back through that. So today's episode is going to be really fun because we're going to be looking back. We're going to be looking forward. We're going to be doing some fun research. I've got way too many pages of notes, but it's going to be fun. So, And I want to bracket this episode with two nostalgic answers or questions. Um, who is the best number four, and then who is the best number six? So let, let's start this episode off with who is the best player in 49ers history to wear that number four jersey? Now, keep in mind uh, the parameters as we keep going through this. It's only when they were wearing that jersey. So, for example, Emmanuel Mosley, who did wear number four, he, he was incredible. However, um, he only, you know, sported the number four jersey for two years for the 49ers, 2021 and then 2022. And he injuries both those those times. He only had 16 starts wearing that jersey. Uh, the rest of his career was wearing number 41. So we kind of discount that, if that makes sense. So, um, so let's do this. Um, the four players that we have in mind, I kind of narrow it down because some of the players, you know, maybe wore it for one year. And again, when we're in these single digits, it's like quarterbacks, it's kickers, it's punters. So <laughs> it's pretty easy to kind of go through some of these guys, but still they participated in what it means to be the faithful, right? Um, and they're part of our team. So Max Runniger was one of them. He was a punter from um, the 84 to 88 season, won two Super Bowls as a punter, Never had a Pro Bowl, never had an All-Pro. Kind of, He w wasn't really 
I don't want to say quote-unquote memorable, but he wasn't special as a position. He was just a guy, but he was there. It took part in some amazing Super Bowls and all that kind of stuff. Then we get Nick Mullins, baby. Let's talk some Nick Mullins. Um, he's interesting because <laughs> um, shout-out to Clayton, uh, the mad scientist. He's behind the show running uh, everything. So if you have questions, comments, go ahead and throw those in the chat. He's going to keep starring those, and we'll get to those towards the end of the show today. Um, Nick Mullins, you know, he quarterback from 2018 to 2020, went five and eleven as a backup quarterback. He was really a number three guy. Then he overtook the number two job. Then Jimmy got hurt. He got thrust into starting role time and time and time and time again. And it, it, there's stats are a beautiful thing because I can make him sound amazing, and a lot of people did. A lot of people were calling for him to start over Jimmy Garoppolo. I didn't think that really made sense. He was a big play waiting to happen for both teams. Uh, 27 touchdowns. That's really great. 23 interceptions and eight fumbles lost. This dude was set for basically two turnovers a game the last year he started. Just never cleaned up. He, he could protect the ball. He, he was risky. Now, flip side of the coin, only Patrick Mahomes in the history of the NFL has more passing yards per game in their first 16 starts. So he was the, the score was huge for both teams. <laughs> whatever whatever Nick Mullins was in there and he's still in the NFL. Uh, shout out to Kyle Shanahan just making people buddy, man. I I like that part of it. Um all right, we talked uh, briefly about Emmanuel Mosley, but let's just put some stats out there again. We're just kind of measuring his time Wearing number four, that's it, not 41. 16 career starts, two interceptions, one pick six. He had three tackles for loss. Mosley was awesome, man. I really, if there was one thing that I wish went differently in free agency, it's that we keep Mosley. Now, with the draft and all the things that have gone on, it's not really, the cornerback is pretty solidified, which we haven't been able to say for the Niners in a long time, but we've got insane depth at that cornerback position, so I get it. He got paid. He goes back, you know, I hope he does well up there in Detroit, but we'll see what happens. And then probably my vote for the best number four all-time player. And I not only my vote, you know, I put this out there on Twitter. 61% of votes agree with me. The best player to ever wear the number four jersey for the 49ers was Andy Lee. The great. And yeah, there we go. Uh, I see it in there. A lot of people throw it up there. Uh, they, they knew it was coming. 2004 to 2014, so over a decade, right? Because you got to count that first year, so that's 11 years as the 49ers kickers now. He, he kept playing. He played for a lot of people. Three Pro Bowls, three All-Pros, all with the Niners. I don't think it's even close. Like, to be a Pro Bowler is huge. To be an All-Pro, there's one punter. <laughs> that is the best punter. That's it. He did it three times. So, Andy Lee, incredible. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious. I want you guys to throw into the chat. Who would you say is the number, the best number four? Andy Lee, Manuel Mosley, Nick Mullins, Max Runniger. Uh, because, again, Max Runniger, Runniger, he's got the Super Bowl wins, but not quite the best caliber player at his position at that time. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. But, I want to see what you guys had to say, but I, I thought this was very clear. If you would have put Emmanuel Mosley in his entire career with the Niners, that would have been a little bit more of a discussion just because 
it's a premium position, right? But Andy Lee, good gosh. Um, dude was, was awesome. Uh, he, he was so fun. Now, Mike C emailed me this, um, with the Jimmy Garoppolo news and then shout out to John Miller. He asked something very similar as well on Twitter. The question was very simple. What happens if Jimmy G is released or cut by the Raiders because of this failed physical? Does that affect the 49ers comp picks? Which is a legit question because that kind of cancels out the Javon Hargrave signing. So here's what I know. I went back through, read the uh, NFL bylaws and how they determine compensation picks and all that stuff and whatever else. Um, this is where it gets interesting because all of the compensation financial capital, there's three parts to the formula for comp picks, Okay. Um, one of them is financial. That's the biggest one. What you spend, I'm going to show you the table from over the cap, and I think that might clear some of this up. Two is playing time. Three is postseason awards. But the biggest one is financial capital. Okay? So here we go. I'm going to throw this up there. You guys can't see my face, but this is from over the cap. They do a hell of a job. And it just shows this is the way in which they determine what teams get or don't get in the compensation pick formula. And a lot of teams don't get it. Now, the Niners have continued to build their entire roster and replenishing thing through this compensation pick formula. You, you build up homegrown talent. You sign undervalued free agencies. You build them into quality players. You allow them to go sign elsewhere for money, collect the compensation picks, rebuild the back end of your roster, right? That, that's the idea. Now, at the top of this list, and if you're listening audio-wise, I'm going to do my best to explain this uh, verbally so that you can kind of paint the picture. Jimmy Garoppolo signs for $24.25 million. That's huge. That canceled out. Now, we would have got a third-round comp pick for that. However, we signed Javon Hargrave for $21 million. Those canceled each other out. And so with that, the financials there, that's kind of set, okay? So, like, if Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut, that won't affect the financial aspect of the three-part formula, it will affect postseason awards, which I doubt either of these players will get, or more importantly, playing time. Now, here's the best news. Jimmy signed for $24.25 million. Hargrave signed for $21 million. So there's a little wiggle room where that might be able to offset, you know, these third-round picks. Because the way it's currently set, these two cancel each other out. The 49ers get a third-round pick from McGlinchey. There was no counteractive sign there to cancel that out we get a fifth for samson ebicom now charles amenahue and sam donald canceled each other out that would have been a six but here's the good news jimmy ward's a six emmanuel mosley's a six aziz al shire's a six daniel brunskill's a seventh isaiah oliver and hassan ridgeway canceled each other out but the rules state in the bylaws no team shall receive more than four comp picks for player losses which means Currently, as things sit, the 49ers would get a third for McGlinchey, a fifth for Ebucom, a sixth for Ward, a sixth for Mosley. The Aziz pick, we don't get because you only get four. The Daniel Brunskill pick, we don't get because you only get four. So, all being lost in this, I don't think it's going to dramatically affect the overall compensation picks awarded to the 49ers. 
uh, because there was that extra $3 million space in there, and the Niners are should be getting six comp picks, but there's a max of only four player comp picks. Now, I know somebody's listening to this going, wait a second, didn't we get five or six last year? Yes, we did. Four were player comp picks, two were front office, right? Losing D'Amico, losing um, Rand Carthon, losing those guys, that doesn't figure into the four-player max compensation award that you can re you can receive. So the 49ers next year, guess what? They will be getting their four-player comps plus that extra third for D'Amico and Rand Carthon, uh, which you will get in 2020. Four draft and 2025 draft, because that goes three years, if that makes sense. Um, so hopefully that makes sense. So I don't think it's going to really affect the way it works, because the Mike McGlinchey pick should still be unmatched, um, because the financials, that, that closed right after the draft. That's why teams are now signing more free agents, because it doesn't figure into the, the, the compensation picks, if that makes sense. Uh, so hopefully that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty, um, how do I say this? It's a pretty full, there, there's a lot of ins and outs and all that stuff. And you can only receive four and play time, this formula. So it's that over the cap does the best job ever at figuring out these comp picks. But again, it's not finalized. Play time, playing time and offseason awards still figure into that. But I don't think it's going to affect the 49ers one way or another. Now. What will affect you and helping you with your fantasy and dynasty leagues right here. If you play fantasy football, chances are you love to have the best information and access to everything that you need to know about every single player involved. Well, guess what? We've got this for you. And listen to me whenever I tell you this. I subscribe to this. This is a good friend. Mikey's the freaking man. We kind of came up in this industry together. He's crushing it in the fantasy world. So support somebody that's very similar to the 49ers rush. Bet on himself. Puts elite content. Crazy, crazy work. It's unbelievable. Go to basementbroodff.com slash sign up. Make sure you use promo code 49ERS49ers. That's going to get you 10% off their season pass. And again, this is... Uh, you get access to everything for less than one beer a month cost. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So, again, if you want customizable, like, they're going to give you everything that you need to win. And this isn't some gigantic corporation or anything like this. No, you're betting on a small business dude that's already got several hundred signups. I mean, this dude's crushing it already. So go jump on board, basementbroodff.com slash signup, promo code 49ers. The link is in the description of this video or audio podcast, wherever you're listening for. So what are you waiting for? Go win your fantasy and dynasty leagues now. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more players, and you get a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. It's got quick withdrawals, easy game playing, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that makes Prize Picks the number one fantasy sports app. I made my first $10 deposit and received an instant $10 bonus. If you have the skills... You play for a shot of turning your $10 all the way into $1,000. Here's what's great, too. It's available in over 30 states, including California, Texas, and Georgia. So all you got to do, especially during playoff basketball time, you just pick two players, Anthony Edwards for more or less than 29 points. You got Luca more or less than 32 points. However you see it, you just pick two, 
and you can get paid. So download the app today and use 49ers for a first deposit match above of up to $100. Again, download prize picks today. Use code 49ERS for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at All right, I want to transition. Uh, we, we were just kind of talking Nick Mullins, but friend of the show, Al Sacco, uh, he, he does a great job. Go check out his uh, Twitter and um, podcast and all that stuff. Just type in Al Sacco, Al, S-A-C-C-O, it'll pull up. Um, he put this out, and one of the things I keep saying is the 49ers have had one healthy quarterback play the entire season in the past decade. Well, he, did it, he, he said it much better than I. He went all the way back to 2002. The 49ers have had five quarterbacks start an entire season all the way back from 2002. So now we're talking 20 years. However, it's only happened once since 2014. So um, the five times, listen to these, these numbers. Alex Smith did it twice. Colin Kaepernick did it twice. Jimmy Garoppolo did it once. And so I went back and looked at those seasons and wanted to figure out what the results were. This this idea of the quarterbacks just not staying healthy, it's not so much just a Kyle Shanahan thing. It's a 49ers thing. It's only happened five times in 20 years. That's not great. Alex Smith did it in 2006. Team finished 7-9, didn't make the playoffs. He did it in 2011, and they made it to the NFC Championship. Colin Kaepernick did it in 2013. Guess what? Lost the NFC Championship. 2014, they went 8-8, eight eight, missed the playoffs. That's when the... That's when everything, you went over the hump with a hardball and it just started to go downhill. The roster just wasn't what it was, and then it just got bad, bad, then terrible. Jimmy Garoppolo did it in 2019. We lost the Super Bowl. So just adding more context to this idea of if you have a healthy quarterback, good things are going to happen. This year, there's a myriad of options. You know, Sam Darnold, uh, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, whatever. I don't think that we're going to have the opportunity for a quarterback to start every single game. I don't see that happening, not with these young guys, not with Brock Purdy coming off the injury. I think this is going to be a year where we will have multiple quarterbacks starting. I would be very happy if it was just two. <laughs> but, you know, in the past, the history of this situation in this position would argue probably going to have three plus starters. Uh, and you know, for our roster countdown series that we've been doing, I've been having a lot of fun on that one. Um, Brandon Allen, I'm doing some extra research on that and diving into his career, which is hilarious. I say hilarious, but like this dude has had 17 transactions in the NFL. And now he's made some money, which is really, really cool. He's our number four quarterback, right? Um, He's, he's made like $5 million career earnings despite not playing in very many games. But it's just fun looking into all the transactions. That's that's a different world, man. Like 17 transactions in six years? 
That's a lot. And that doesn't even count when he's activated off the practice squad, then demoted back and all that stuff. That's like 40-plus transactions. And so it's just a different worldview. You know, I'm over here just acting like, you know, we're moving to the Bay Area, which I'm pumped about, but it's stressful trying to find a house and all that stuff. These cats, man, whoo, that's a lot. 17 team transactions in five in six years. That's that's a whole other world. But uh, anyway, uh, go check out the 90-man roster series if you haven't yet. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Now, pay, uh, let's go to KAD on Patreon. Um, he messaged me this today, so I wanted to add it in on the back end of some of this healthy quarterback talk. And I, I'm just going to be really, really honest from the start here. I'm not a Chris Sims guy. Never have been. I'm a diehard Longhorn fan. Couldn't stand him on the team. Couldn't stand his dad. Um, hated everything that they were about. So I've never been a Chris Sims guy. I understand Chris Sims and Kyle Shanahan are besties. They got tattoos of each other. All that stuff. Fine. Here's KAD's question. How do you feel about Chris Sims uh, ranked the 49, uh, 40, all the quarterbacks on his top four? He, did a, he does a top 40 quarterbacks ranking list every year. Trey Lance wasn't even on there, right? He wasn't even on top 40. And so I'm just going to be honest. I blocked Chris Sims a long time ago. I do not subscribe to that type of journalism. Uh, do I think he's a bad guy? No. I just don't think that he provides anything um, for my value or my benefit as, you know, a 49ers content curator. <laughs> Shout out to Big Papa or whatever the hell you want to call me, YouTuber, whatever, podcaster, don't care. I take nothing of value away from what he creates. I just don't. Uh, you're around Mike Florio, uh, only bad things are going Birds of feather flock together, man. I, I, that's just reality. Now, just because I don't like him, just because I disagree with his entire stance and modus operandi on how to do this job, he makes way more money than I do. I don't think that's a measure for doing quality work, however. Um, and he has different – he's trying to get reactions. That's all he tries to do. It's clickbait. That's who he is. Uh, so anyway, I don't like it, but let's go through it. Let, let's talk a little bit about where the Niners quarterbacks have ranked. Um, he had Brock Purdy 26. He had Sam Darnold 27 and Trey Lance not even on there. He went to 40, not even on there, which is funny to me. Uh, but that's okay. He's been anti-Trey Lance way before the Niners picked him, and – that's cool. Again, you're around Mike Florio. You're going to have some crazy stuff. All right. So I went back and looked at what he did last year, right? Because, again, all right, let's see how well he did last year. <laughs> it was really, really bad. Uh, he had Trey Lance ranked 31 last year. Now he's out of the rankings. He had Zach Wilson 22. Last year he had Deshaun Watson 4, Russell Wilson 5, Kyler Murray 7, Stafford, 8. Baker, 13. Matt Ryan, 15. Carson Wentz, 18. He had Cam Newton, 20th. And he had Kellen Mond, 37th. So, I don't know, man. If you wanted to talk about just as bad of rankings as you could possibly have in the history of mankind, just look at what he did last year. Um, yeah, uh, and again, this dude, anytime somebody mentions Chris Sims, I always Kellen Mond is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, Texas A&M quarterback that was drafted by Minnesota, I think in the second round, maybe second or third round. He had Kellen Mond as his like, number two quarterback uh, out of that draft. It was like, I, f I forget, it, it was just bad. I mean, just terrible. 
And I remember doing Kellen Mond's film because after Chris Sims put out that ranking in the draft process, everybody's like, oh, Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond. And so then I went and watched his tape, and I was like, this dude sucks. It's terrible. It's awful. Kellen Mond's probably a great dude. But his tape was awful. His pro day was worse. And whenever the Vikings drafted him, Mike Zimmer, who I love as a personality, wouldn't even allow him to suit up throughout his whole rookie year because he was just so bad. And they've moved on from him, whatever else. But, um, yeah, like, anytime I think Chris Sims, I just think Kellen Mond. Now, I'm wrong on players all the time. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say this dude has a narrative that he is trying to spin, and it's there. You look at this year's rankings that he's already put out. I think he's only gone through 20, which he has Mac Jones at 20. Mac Jones is at 20. Mac Jones threw 14 touchdowns and 11 interceptions this year. Like, Mac Jones was not good. <laughs> you look at, again, Brock Purdy, who he had, what, what's he got at? 20, was it 26? Yeah. Six spots below Mac Jones? You got to be kidding me. Brock Purdy threw 13 touchdowns and four picks. He had one less touchdown pass than Mac Jones, and he played in five regular season games. Five. That's it. Oh, yeah. It's just a joke. Baker, he's got at 24 who was run off of three teams. You have Baker Mayfield ahead of all these guys. It's awesome. Finished with 10 touchdowns, eight picks. Uh, Judd, he says, uh, no, Sims is influenced by listening to Kyle in the offseason. They're best friends. Although Kyle doesn't tell him plans, obviously. They talk football. I'm sure they do. Um, it leads Sims to these answers. Yeah, and, and there was a clip that I used to have. Uh, I'm sure I could find it somewhere. But he's like, yeah, this is why I don't talk football with Chris because anything I say he's going to take it and run with it so you know I don't talk football with Chris like he came out and said like I can't because I know he's going to run with it and so you know it's just what they are that's his job Chris is doing his job he's getting clicks we're talking about a show right so good for him he's got Kenny Pickett 25th ahead good gosh how do you have Kenny Pickett ahead of Brock Purdy that just that's bullshit man Kenny Pickett had more interceptions and touchdowns last year. It's a joke. Yatsik, my my man, uh, he texted me earlier today. Did y'all see Kenny Pickett's car got stolen? That sucks. Like, eh, it's not funny. But he had his playbook in the car when it got stolen, and they found it and still had the playbook in the car. Like, that's that's kind of funny. I like that Kenny Pickett's got it with them and hopefully using it. I don't, I don't know. But that week one game, Yatsik texted me like, man, I bet the 49ers stole it. And then I was like, man, I don't think they have to. Matt? Canada is the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. He's the most boring, bland, predictable. That playbook's pretty funny, though. Um, anyway, but yeah, to have Kenny Pickett, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones ahead of Brock Purdy, that's stupid. <laughs> it's it's just stupid. Uh, I I don't know what else to say. Um, yeah, it's it's just trash. That's okay. I hope he does well. You know, one of my favorite things to say, like, just because, like, I I don't want any of his content in my life because I don't think it provides any value, right? Because I know he's just talking out of his ass all the time. But doesn't mean I want bad things for him. I don't like the dude, but I hope he does well. I feel that way. When you can get to the point, like, look, I don't like Mac Jones. I don't think he's a good dude. I think he's a bad dude. 
I really, really do. You look at all those personal fouls he gets whenever he throws those picks. I don't think he's a good teammate. I don't think he's very coachable. I don't think any of those things, just based off all the research I've done on him. Doesn't mean I want Mac Jones to do bad. That's not what it is. I'm telling you, based on his play and his character, to put him ahead of Brock Purdy, that's stupid. That is stupid. It's ignorant. Um, anyway, I digress. Want to say shout out to Sean. When we were on the John and Wayne show on Fridays, uh, he always brings up this keep trade cut. And so I wanted to kind of continue this. This is hard for me, and I almost didn't want to put it in because I always get frustrated. And so I looked at these, you know, second, third year players that are in starting positions. And the whole idea is which one's more valuable? Maybe valuable is not the right word. But if I could pick, you keep, that's the number one most valuable. Um, trade, that's number two. Cut, that's three. And this is a, you know, dynasty-related uh, conversation. I, I would say that, you know, keep trade, cut, that's what they do there. So a uh, couple of these players that I thought I'd throw out there. And I want to know y'all's thoughts on these. Okay, here's the three players, and I want you to rank them. Talanoa Hufunga, Spencer Burford, Diamador Lenore. So I want you to rank these three players for me, okay? One, two, three. So you just type in the chat there. Talado Hufunga, Spencer Burford, Diamador Lenore. And whatever order, those are just three random players. To kind of put the spotlight, the focus on these three guys, who's the most important? Because I think it's easy to make an argument for all three. I don't think there's a wrong answer. This is an opinion-based argument, obviously. Talado Hufunga. Safety is not very valuable position. However, this dude was an all-pro. This dude leads to turnovers. He leads to sacks. He leads to pass breakups. Had some issues last year with continuity and communication, but just a beast. Spencer Burford. We talked so much about quarterbacks getting injured this episode. Spencer Burford coming in and starting at the right guard spot, that's huge. That's huge. Can he keep that quarterback upright? That adds a lot more value. Now, I would say safety and guard, relatively similar on the position value index, right? Like, I don't think probably guard is more important than safety, in my opinion, but an all pro safety versus, you know, an above average guard, I think I'd take safety there. And then you got Demo. God. Demo. Corner's the most valuable position that we're talking about. In this whole thing. And it's not close. Corner is way more valuable than safety. Way more valuable than guard. And Demo was lights out. Now a lot of people didn't like it. Because he was giving up some contested catches. Find somebody that played better than him. During the playoff stretch last year. I'd say Eric Armstead. I'd say Diamador Lenore. Fred Warner. Like those three guys. Like they carried that damn team defensively when it mattered demo was for real and i'm loving this because uh, thank you clayton as we're going through some of these responses judd he puts demo one burford two huff three um yeah we, we've got tobias says huff burford lenore and that's why i know that this is a good question because we're getting all these different answers none are wrong none are wrong Look at this. Uh, don't bother me. Uh, yeah, Huff one, Demo two, Burford three. 
It's interesting. Now, the good news is, obviously, we don't have to go through and pick these because we get all three. But these types of topics are, I think, healthy and fun to figure out where the value is. Now, we did this 90-man roster series, 91, because we got that international exemption for Alfredo. Um where we ranked all these players. Me and five we, we, five total people ranked every single player on the roster. And I didn't look at it. I, I, I came up with this question first. Now, me personally, I would go Hufunga, Demo, Spencer Burford. That's just the way I would go with it. But that's just my opinion. Now, I went back and I looked at our rankings. And last, these guys are all right next to each other. Demo was last with an 85 overall ranking. So, again, the lower the number, the better. Five different people ranked. He he had an 85 number. Spencer Burford right in front of him, 83. And then Talano Funga, he's a way ahead with a 58 score. He's 10th overall player on our, our series. So, you've got Hufunga at 10, Burford 17, Demo 18. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Dave says, I was just about to say that, too, about Huff being a gold helmet guy. Automatic number one. Ooh, I like the gold helmet, man. That's the demarcation that the Niners give in the draft room to guys that are perfect culture fits, workout fits, scheme fits, attitude fits, leadership fits, right? So, uh, yeah, I think that's huge. Um, yeah, so we got that. We got that there. Um, now, let's look at... One of the things that I did this morning, first thing I did this morning is I woke up, downloaded some, finally got my hands on some South Alabama tape um, against Troy, which was a fun breakdown. Put that up on Patreon this morning. Uh, Daryl Luter Jr. versus Troy. It, just sticking with this whole idea of Demo, right, in the corners. We've got depth. Daryl Luter Jr. is good. Now, the problem with his tape is nobody throws it his way. Nobody does. Um, we did the UCLA tape, which is a top five program. So I wanted to see him against studs. They were scared to throw it his way. I think he had like one or two targets, but nothing big. Then you watch the Troy tape. They didn't throw the ball his way one damn time, the whole game. And it was a close game. Not one target his way. They did look at like the read progression, uh, the quarterback snaps and looks. He plays outside corner, Daryl Luter Jr., they looked his way twice as the first read. Both resulted in uh, sacks. <laughs> Covered sacks. Like the Duke of ball. Um, now, what do you take away from this film? And again, if, you, if you're on our Patreon, that's available to you right now. I loaded it this morning at like 9. Um, anyway, it, but like there's still a lot to take away. Yeah, things I walked away in my notes, great patience, plays with confidence. My favorite thing about the whole freaking tape, which it was worth it. Like sometimes you watch tape and you're like, man, this isn't really valuable because we're not seeing it. Uh, not, not the case. This dude's on the outside. He's a boundary corner, which he always goes to the short side of the field for South Alabama. There's one play where the, Troy lines up with uh, in twins okay so two wide receivers stacked on their side and it's a weird formation before anybody moves on the offensive side and again you can't hear on the all 22 you can just see it he goes to the wide receiver and he goes go he tells the back wide receiver you're going in motion before he goes in motion like he walks up and tells him he goes you're going in motion 
And then sure enough, like a count later, the quarterback does this and the guy goes in motion. Like this dude is a gym rat. He is a film junkie. Daryl Luter Jr., if you can pop off the tape before the snap, mm, that dude fits, man. That dude fits. Ah, anyway, sorry. I, I, I digress. I get excited. Now, we've got a lot of Patreon stuff coming up this week, which I am excited about. And if you haven't joined yet, this is the live blood of this podcast and everything we do. You want to help the show? This is how you do it. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash 49ers podcast. And as soon as you sign up, you get almost everything, depending on the tier you pick. And if you're just interested in 49ers play, guess what? We have every single offensive, defensive, and special teams play from the last two and a half years. Every single game for the 49ers. Nobody else has this content. Now, not to mention we have extra episodes weekly. We've got scouting report breakdowns. We've got betting. We've got your one-stop shop for 49ers content. And if you want to be heard, guess what? We got Zoom Hangouts twice a month where we listen to you. Patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast or just Google Patreon and 49ers. We're the first one that shows up. And we've got our 1994 uh, watch party this Wednesday, 530. We're on week 13 of the 1994 season, which, man, has just been such a blast. Um, it's just so cool. We've got the 49ers versus Saints uh, game, which is going to be fun. I hate the Saints, so it's going to be a little spicy. Josh says, man, have to get Patreon. Those, oh, look at this. Uh, 94 season watch parties every Wednesday on Patreon. Those are awesome. It's just fun. We spend half the time. Like, we'll have the... I share the screen of the broadcast view, right? And so I've got the volume kind of like at a 30% so you can hear the announcers. But it turns into just like a extreme trivia fest where we're just like, guess who led the NFL in passing in 1994? And we kind of research those things. It's a lot of fun. So uh, hopefully you come join us for that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, um, during my uh, little, uh, I'm just going to be honest, one of my downtimes, making the transition from teaching, coaching to being where I am now, where I just live at home and I walk across the hall to my office and I spend all day here researching, watching film. Dude, I, I really do enjoy my life. Probably one of the biggest negatives is my podcast listening time has just gone down. I don't drive. I don't drive anywhere. <laughs> um, so what I've started to do, and um, I play Halo uh, sometimes. And whenever I play Halo, that's my podcast time. So yesterday, I was going back through some old podcasts. I like to listen to old GMs and old coaches and like just the, the ins and outs of what's taking place. And the Green Light podcast with Chris Long, uh, Howie Long's son, um, he had on Mike Mayock. Now, this was an older podcast, I think from like a month ago. Like I said, I don't get a lot of podcast time. So I listened to it. It was awesome. You know, Mike Mayock, he was on NFL Network. Absolutely great dude. Goes to Raiders, gets fired. Gruden gets fired, whatever else. It has it bad. He didn't do well. But 
there was one segment of their show. It's called the Green Light Podcast. If you want to go check it out, it's good. It's good. It's not the most entertaining or energetic, but it's good content. He was talking about the draft, the Nick Bosa draft, and how they were so high on Nick Bosa. Obviously, everybody was and when they were having the interview. Because remember, Niners, the Cardinals picked one. They took Kyler Murray. The 49ers were two. They took Nick Bosa. Three were the Jets. They took Quentin Williams. And four were the Raiders. And during their interview with Nick Bosa, before the draft, they John Gruden said, man, we we're, we're, we really want to pick you. And Nick Bosa laughed and goes, uh, and the quote was, um, you sure as hell better trade up then. Uh, there was an F word in there too, but whatever. Like Nick Bosa do, like, man, you if you want me, you got to trade up. Well, obviously they tried. Uh, Mike Mayock said, you know, they reached out to John Lynch and talked to him about trading up to two. Lynch just wasn't having it. They were dead set on Nick Bosa, which is awesome. So Niners take Bosa. Then they tried to trade up the Raiders, tried to trade up to three to the Jets for Quentin Williams. Jets said no. And then the Raiders sit there at four and they wanted to trade down. They said that they had similar grades on Josh Allen. You remember these discussions back in the day? Josh Allen and Cleveland Farrell. Nobody wanted to trade down. Nobody was interested. And like literally, they had no takers at all. So they had to stick at four. They took Cleveland Farrell. Totally didn't work out. Now Cleveland Farrell's on our team. And the, the Raiders continue to be the 49ers farm system, which I love. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for what he can do because he's finally going to get good coaching. Um, so we'll see what that looks like. Uh, but I, I thought that was interesting. Thought I'd share that. Um, also, another thing that uh, I dove into a little bit was just, you know, we always talk Super Bowls because it's kind of like win it or don't. Like, you know, it's it's what it is. I went back and looked up since the merger division titles across all the NFL, right? AFC and NFC. And, you know, I knew the Niners would be close to the top or at the top. Uh, they weren't first. The Steelers are week one matchup. All right, a lot of Kitty Pickett and Steelers talk. They're first in the NFL history with 26. There are three te three teams tied for second with 21 wins. So a considerable drop-off from the Steelers. Um, the Patriots, the 49ers, and the Cowboys all have 21 division wins. Now, if we look at the NFC West, 49ers first place by a mile. Uh, 49ers, 21 division wins. Rams, 14. Seahawks, 11. Cardinals, 5. Just trash organization. Um, and then, you know, I started looking through just who the worst, who has the least. Jaguars have four. Lions have three division wins. And a lot of people are saying, oh, they're picking the Lions to win the division. I'm just like, God, no. Why would you pick that? They, they, they don't even know how not to gamble in their own facility. This is a team that doesn't know how to win. I get it. Eight and two wins down the stretch. I get that. Don't care. It's a trash organization. The way they read the draft was awful. I just don't see it, man. Uh, now, that is a terrible division, the NFC, but I'm the NFC North. I'm not betting on the Lions. I'm telling you that right now. And then the Jets are dead last with only two, two division titles ever. Jimmy Garoppolo has that with the 49ers. He was only here for like five years. Ugh. Ugh. Bad stuff, man. Just... It, I think for me, it puts things into perspective, good franchises and bad. Like, there's a clean demarcation line. 
good teams, bad teams. And everybody's like, okay, well, what have you done for me lately? Well, the Niners, you know, Steelers, Patriots, Cowboys, these teams have been good and continue to be good. I don't expect that to stop. It's a winning history that's rich. Mm, I don't know. Now, I will tell you this. We're going to be going to a bunch of these games, and, man, you should you should come with us too. Going to 49ers games is awesome. But what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful, joining the community, and we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together, night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. All right, let's get back to our best of series. Who's the best number ever? And then we'll get to Clayton and a lot of you guys' um, questions and comments after that. So we did. We skipped number five. We did that on the Wayne show. So we've already done number five. Jeff Garcia was the clear answer or whatever else. Now let's go to number six. Best number six ever. Not a lot of options. And again, a lot of this has to do with the – Numbers being retired and teams running out of numbers, namely the 49ers. They've got so many stars, right? Uh, so currently number six, uh, Danny Gray definitely does not fit into the best number six all time, but there weren't a lot of options. Mitch Wisnowski was number six. He changed to number 18, um, you know, back in 2021. So like Mitch Wisnowski's best years, the last two years, he wasn't wearing six. Mitch Wisnowski was not good. He was a below average punter his first three years for sure. Uh, his best two years are the most recent. Hopefully that trend continues. Uh, maybe it was the number. Number six just wasn't his thing. But there's really only two players that I thought come down that were worthy of even discussing um, in this. Um, Joe Nedney. Yeah, baby. From 2005 to 2010 was the kicker of the Niners. No Pro Bowls, no All Pros, no Super Bowls. But he did make 129 field goals and was an above-average kicker, just wasn't the best during his time period. And then the other one, um, and, and I would argue this is going to be kind of the best player, Mike Kofer. I don't, I don't think it's even close. He was the kicker from 1988 to 1993, part of two Super Bowl winning teams, one All-Pro, no Pro Bowls. Hard to get a Pro Bowl, not a hard to get an All-Pro without a Pro Bowl, but he did it. 128 field goals made, so just one less than Nedney. But you're talking about somebody that was clutch in playoff runs and Super Bowls. Yeah, uh, don't bother me, says Joe Nedney. Okay, he puts Joe Nedney on there. I'm curious why, because again, for me, the accolades that they made about the similar amount of field goals in a similar time frame, but the Pro Bowl and the two Super Bowls is what pushes Kofer over the top for me. Uh, shout out to Joe Shane. Um, he's from the UK. He he messaged on the poll. Which here? What's the poll results? Yeah, Kofer's got sixty two percent of the vote. Nedney's got thirty seven. Um, on on our Twitter poll at JL underscore Chapman, if you want to check that out. But Joe Shane he commented. He said, growing up in the UK, my mom used to give me NFL season review books 
Um, as a Niners fan, I would always read through those and Kofer, uh, Kofer kick good is what it said. Kofer kick good on the season review. Co- like again, the stat line, whenever you get the scoring from each game, it would say like the kicker's last name, kicker good. And so he thought Kofer meant field goals, uh, growing up, which I think is hilarious. Um, how spoiled we are today that you could just turn on YouTube or Spotify or Apple or whatever and listen to all this Niners content. Whereas you had guys like John back in the day, you had to wait for a magazine after the season was over just to read through field goal kick good, field goal kick good. Uh, we have come a ways. Joe says Kofor for sure, even though Ned uh, Nenny had an awesome first name. Oh, yeah, Joe. The Joes shall u- unite, and I love that. That is awesome. So I'm going Mike Kofor, the best number six ever for the 49ers. Um, but as these numbers keep ticking up, we're going to get some more fun ones. Uh, no doubt about that. So now let's transition. Let's get to some questions and comments. Clayton, let's get these pulled up, and let's start going through these. Big Papa, um, he says, is there any word on what's happening with Jason Verrett playing, coaching, retired? Man, there's been nothing. Uh, now, with when his injury took place, you would assume he'd be back, but I I think he's done. Uh, he's made some money. Thank God. Um, dude deserves it, right? I'm, I'm curious. I want, I want to look at this, but because he was a first-round pick and he got some decent one-year deals, especially with the Niners, like I think he's to the point now where he's okay. Yeah, he's made $25 million in his career. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just point blank, I don't know what he's doing. It might take a year off. Who knows? I, I would love to see him, Dante Johnson, you know, some of these guys come be a part of the Niners organization just because they're they're exactly what you want. They've been there. They've done it. They've been around greats. They know what it looks like. They definitely know the damn scheme. <laughs> they definitely know the scheme. Um... Anyway, uh, we'll take that. But, yeah, I just really don't know. Uh, Josh, he says, John, four tight ends or six wide receivers or both? Ugh. Okay, well, let's do these individually. If we're talking about tight ends, which it's a little bit rough because you drafted so many, right? So Kittle's a lock. Then you've got these, you know, five guys fighting for two to three spots. You just signed Troy Fumagalli. You got Charlie Warner, Roz Dwelly, Cameron Latu, Braden Willis. Latu's making it regardless. He's a third round pick. So that's two. Braden Willis, I think, is going to make this roster. That's three. Now, the question is do you want to keep Charlie Warner or Roz Dwelly? You know, 100%, nobody's taking Roz Dwelly. Not, not as an insult to him, but last two years in a row, he's been cut. Nobody picked him up. You brought him on the practice squad. So because of that, I'm keeping three. I don't think Charlie Warner moves the needle for me as somebody that's like, oh, we got to protect this guy. So my three tight ends currently would be Kittle, you know, Braden, Willis, who I think could get play in time before Law 2, but long-term Law 2 is definitely the guy, um, depending on what you, what it is you want. If you're splitting them out, Law 2, cool. But if you need blocking, that dude's going to have to make the biggest jump ever seen. Uh, to see the field because he's not a blocker currently. But Willing's there. He just needs to be coached up. Now, wide receiver, that's harder. We have 12 wide receivers currently. Debo lock, Ayuk lock, Jennings lock, Ray Ray McLeod lock. That's four. I think Danny Gray 
Maybe Ronnie Bell. Oh, that would be six. Man, that's hard. I think five for sure wide receivers. I want to keep Danny Gray, so I'd be I'd be cool with six there. So I'd go three tight ends, six wide receivers. But again, if you're keeping six, that means you're losing somewhere else. I'm not sure Ronnie Bell's going to be worth, you know, an extra linebacker who's going to play in special teams. Because Danny Gray, he's making it because he's really good on special teams, especially punt. And that dude's a punt gunner. Nobody's business. I mean, he's great, great. Greg is Khan says, nobody's going to pick up Warner or Dwelly if we cut him. Uh, Bell would get picked up. You know, everybody passed on him earlier, but he, you know, rave reviews from OTAs. So showing out strong early. And you look again at what the Niners constantly do with their roster. You've got two wide receivers on expiring contracts. Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod. Just seems like, man, he's he's a fit for both those roles. So I think it makes sense to to keep him, and I hope they do, but we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what that goes. Dave, any chance the Rush Road Trip comes back home for week two at L.A.? Um, possibly. I want to. You know, I was waiting on if we were going to move. Uh, making the trip down to L.A. would be great. I could see some friends and all that stuff. The problem with L.A., I'm just going to be really, really honest with you, is it just gets really, really hard the way the city's laid out because downtown, there's by the stadium, which nothing's going on there. There's Hollywood. It's just, there's a lot. So we're working on, if we can get the perfect situation, then yeah, the Rush Road Trip will be there. It makes sense. Um, you know, the Rams are going to be just an absolute mess this year, but it's a divisional game. There's a very large fan base. There's a lot of local chapters that like to host their own parties, which is awesome. And, and let me just say this. I love all of the freaking chapters, you know, Niners empire, what they do with Joe Lenore. It's freaking awesome. I, I love it. And, and I don't like pulling fans in different ways. I, I like to work together. That that's the ideal situation, but you know, we kind of cater our road trips to people that are traveling, locals, but usually not chapter guys. But if they are chapter, I, I love that too. But, yeah, man, there's a lot of local chapters in L.A., which is a beautiful thing. It's just I don't like pulling people different ways. Last year, we tried to get everybody together, and everybody agreed to do that. But then there was some chapter people getting upset with each other, and they all want to do their own thing, which was cool. Like, whatever people want to do, you guys do you. But I, the whole reason for the Rush Road Trip is to bring people together and celebrate and build the community. Sometimes that's difficult whenever there's so many different events in one place that are all next to each other. I don't like that. I want people to be together in an atmosphere that people get to meet each other in a positive way. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned for that one. Still working on some details. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, don't Bother Me says, I think Ray Ray can get pushed out. Ooh, that's huge. Ray Ray played really, really well last year. And again, let's look at, I'm curious. Let me look at Ray Ray McLeod's contract because there, there's always two factors to this. Uh, don't bother me. There's, you know, who's the better player. Then there's, you know, contract wise, what that would look like. And yeah, cap savings, you know, it's, he's got a pretty cheap deal. Ray Ray McLeod. Um, you know, if, if, if he gets cut, you save 1.2 million but his cap hits only 2 million 
Man, that's a cheap deal. Ray Ray's cheap. I think because he can do the Debo role so well, it's going to be hard to cut him, plus all the special teams. So Ronnie Bell's going to have to ball out. And, man, I just don't see it. He's only 27 years old. I don't see it. I don't see it. But Ronnie Bell's going to have to ball out to take that job from him. There's no doubt about that. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what that is. Now, this has been a lot of fun. I, I love shows like this just because there's so many different topics and all the research we do, and so you kind of hit on all these points. But, man, I had a blast. Hopefully you guys had a good time too. Tomorrow we got John and Wayne, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you come hang out with us. But, man, that's going to do it for us today. Ah, happy Memorial Day. Um, remember what's important on days like today. Until next time, stay strong, faithful. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.